Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. How many of you like Christmas movies? Wait, let me let me see. Give me a little. Yeah, okay. I, I like Christmas movies. I like the Shoot Your Eye Out Kid Christmas movie. I don't know if you guys know that one. Um, kind of an older movie. Maybe maybe they don't play that anymore. But anyway, I don't remember what movie this is from. But uh, I, I was thinking about this. Let me tell you guys what happened. Um, I was talking to somebody last night. Uh, they're really having a difficult time pressing into God. And uh, somebody that I really love, somebody that I really care about. And, um, man, I was doing my best to try to get them to press into God. And I, I had a, as I'm praying with them, man, the Holy Spirit gave me a list of things that, uh, that, that are, are hindering this person from really pressing into the Lord. And uh, it, it broke my heart because I couldn't do it for them. I couldn't do it for them. And this visual came to my mind. And I, I feel like it was from a Christmas movie. And I can't remember which movie. If I could have, I'd have got the YouTube clip up here, but I couldn't. So anyway, um, it was this, it was a very vivid vision that there was a little kid and he had like a puffy jacket and there was snow. Um, and so obviously in the wintertime and he's walking and he had this present under his arm. And as he's walking, these two bullies came out of nowhere. And one of them yanked the present out of his arm. And when a little kid ran up to him to grab the present, he threw it to the other person. And like the other guy grabbed the present. And then the little kid ran up to him to get the present, and he threw it. And they were going back and forth, just playing keep away um, from the little kid. And uh, this is why I'm talking to, to that person last night. And man, this vision's hit my mind. And... All of a sudden, in like the vision, and I know it's a movie, the, the kid stopped, and he just kind of started crying, and he just sat down and gave up, and the bullies walked away with the present. And um, after I got off the phone with my friend, I, I started just praying about that, and I felt like the Lord say, so many times, you know, we're the kid, the bullies are like keepaways in life, things in life, and the present is a relationship with God. And there's so many times that we feel like we can't press into the Lord or we don't know exactly what to do. And, man, we'll get discouraged and give up on, on having a vibrant, exciting relationship with God. And that's where my friend was uh, last night. And so, man, it broke my heart. Um, and, and, and I still pray. I hope that person can really make a, make a breakthrough and really press through. Because what I want to talk to you about tonight is is exciting. It's a it's good it's good news. Um, I want you guys to know before I even get into the rest. Hey, Jonathan, can you go out there before I go out there? Thank you. It's really good news. Um, it's good news because I don't want to preach this message and you think that I'm up here telling you this and one I haven't experienced the good and the bad of it because I have, and then two, I don't want you to think I, I just do this just because. I'm excited to be able to tell you all about this because I, I know what you can experience if you implement this. So, um, like I told you guys, uh, the, the gift in that vision was, uh, it, it really represented a relationship with God. And so we think of that. How many of you have heard relate the, the, the term relationship with God so many times it's just so generic? Well, if you, if you have and you feel that way, I do. I feel like every time I hear that, I'm like, Oh, relationship with God. What does that even mean? When we hear something so much, we, we forget like that there's an actual meaning of that. And so I just want to read you the definition of relationship 
And I want you to think about this as it applies to like your friend or a person, not God yet, okay? So relationship, the state of engaging in regular life experiences and connecting with another person, bonding and growing in the knowledge and the intimacy with a person. So the knowledge, like the brain knowledge of somebody, so you get to know about that person, you get to know about you, and then the intimacy, that's heart knowledge. A good way to think about that word is you can know somebody in your head, but then you can know somebody in your heart. That's that word intimacy. So when I'm talking about a relationship with God, I'm talking about an intimate relationship with God and a knowledgeable relationship with God. Let me read this to you guys. Um, a relationship with God should be these things. And, and just bear with me if, if you feel like, well, that's not how mine is. It's all right. But a relationship with God should be exciting. It should be fun. It should be healthy. It should be full of trust, love, and encouragement. It's one that should be full of stories in your past, full of current stories that God is doing, and full of stories that you hope to have and you look forward to having in the future. Now, as I said all that, maybe some of you are thinking, man, that's not how I would describe my relationship with God. And um, if I'm being honest, guys, that's really not how I would always describe my relationship with God. So no pressure. But if God would describe his relationship with you or the relationship he wants to have with you, that's how he'd describe it. Exciting, full of stories from the past, the present, and stories of the future, full of trust, encouraging. So that's the relationship that God wants to have um, with us. Now, when I find myself not experiencing what I just described to you guys, when I find myself doing that, um, I always know that there's a few things I could try to check off my list. It's always a good indicator that maybe there are some keepaways going on in my life. And so um, a few of them, now this is not an exhaustive list, but these are a few of those that I made, I listed out last night. One of them is sin and shame. A lot of times sin doesn't has nothing to do with how much God loves you. It has nothing to do with how much God loves me, but it does fog up the relationship a little bit. And shame tends to keep us away from God. Like you ever do something wrong and you feel like, man, I, I really don't deserve to, to lift my hands in worship. Or I really, I really kind of, don't feel like I should be worshiping right now. I just did whatever. Well, that's sin and that's shame. And um, that's, a, that's another message. Another one is unforgiveness. Have you ever had somebody do something to you and, and you feel like that's really unjust? That I really didn't deserve to be treated that way. Or that person that, that said this thing about me, I was completely wrong. And then you've got unforgiveness in your heart. That can, can really clog up a good, vibrant, exciting relationship with God. Another thing is religious mindsets. It, everything has to be done this way. I have to pray this exact way. I have to do this exact thing, and then I'll hear from God. Those are religious mindsets. That can get in the way. Um, and there's a lot more that I listed. Now, initially, I was going to try to preach on all those things, and then I filled up about 35 minutes in, on just the first point. So I decided at some point in, in 2018, I'm going to do a series titled Keep Away, and it's going to be on several of those things. But tonight I want to talk about uh, one of the biggest keepaways that we face, and that's the busyness of life. I want to talk to you about the busyness of life. I think that's one of the biggest keepaways, not just for me, but for you too. 
Um, the, business, the busyness of life is something that it never goes away. It doesn't change. I don't know if you guys are familiar with bell curves, but it's like a, it's like a chart. Maybe I'm going to lose you here, but it's like a chart, and it makes a big slope. And so as you're younger, you're not too busy. But the older you get, the busier you get until you retire, right? So when you're 65 years old, maybe you get a little bit more free time or if you have to work later than that. But everything in the middle, you're going to get busier and busier and busier. That doesn't change. Um, now, the, you ever heard of that phrase, I got way too much to do and way too little time to do it? That's somebody who's super busy and they're drowned out with the busyness of life. But I want to give you guys a few examples. I want to give you guys a few examples from Scripture, and then we'll talk about some stuff in our life. Y'all hang with me here. In Mark 4, y'all remember the parable of the sower? Raise your hand if you remember that parable. Okay, so there's so much you can hear when somebody preaches that message. Or when you read the Bible and you read that story, there's a lot to that. And that's a good thing because, man, we can always unpack the Word of God. But there's, there's something about the busyness of life in there I want you to know. So we remember just a refresher for those of you who maybe you've never read that. Jesus is telling a parable, and uh, he's teaching his disciples about the presence of the kingdom of God on earth. And so he's telling them, how do you tap into the kingdom of God? Now, the kingdom of God is the wisdom of God. The peace of God, earlier we're worshiping, you feel the peace of God. That's in the kingdom of God. It's everything that God has for you is in the kingdom of God. So he's telling them a story about that. And he's saying, whenever I try to get people into the kingdom of God or when I'm preaching the word, a lot of times, as soon as they start to press in to the kingdom of God, as soon as the word starts to do something in their life, Satan comes and takes it out. Satan comes and takes it out. Another one is the rocky soil. He says, man, as soon as it actually takes root in somebody's heart and they start doing what the Bible says or they start trying to have a relationship with God, as soon as it makes some effort, things happen in life and they turn their, their attention away from God. And the third thing is what I want to really hit on is the thorned soil. In Mark 4, verse 18, check this out. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word of God and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So the cares of this world, desires for other things, that's a good way to say the busyness of life. Another scripture I want to read. Y'all check this story out. Luke 9, verses 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, talking about Jesus, a man said to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll follow you wherever you go. How many of you have said that before? Man, Lord, I'm going to serve you no matter what. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, hey, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And I can sound a little harsh if you don't take that in context. And I'm going to get to the context in a second, but I want to read one more story. Remember, we're talking about the busyness of life. Okay, 
Luke 10, 39. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to, had to be made. She came and asked him, Lord. So she's saying, Jesus, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? And so Jesus responds, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. So we read all these stories. The initial logic, a lot of times we approach that with isn't exactly what Jesus is trying to communicate. For example, do you think Jesus is saying in these parables that having a roof over your head is a bad thing or that? Burying your parents is a bad thing if your parents would pass away. Or that preparing food for a guest is bad. Absolutely not. That's not at all what he's trying to communicate. He's referring to the common thread we're talking about. And we see that in all these verses. And that's allowing the busyness of life to keep us from pursuing a relationship with Jesus. And every one of those things, people had an excuse. Yeah, Jesus, I'll follow you, but first let me do this. Or, hey, Jesus, yeah, I'll come and see what you want, but I got some stuff I want to get done first. I'm preparing a meal here. So a lot of times we can be the same thing. We can all relate to being those people. I know I can. And, um, and if you can't, well, you have a really chill life, but it's going to get it's going to pick up. Um, or how about saying, all right, Jesus, I'll spend time with you. But like later, has anybody ever maybe woke up in the morning and said, man, I really I might spend some time with the Lord. but let me go brush my teeth and then I'll do it. And then you brush your teeth and, oh, let me eat breakfast and then I'll do it. And then, oh man, look, there goes the time. Has anybody ever, ever done that before? Everyone else is super holy. You just wake up and bam. All right. (laughs) Thank you. I'm feeling like I'm the big sinner up here. No, I'm playing. Um, But the catch is this, you know, the, the truth is this, that everybody really does have important things to do in life. It's true. Like, Man, go and bear your parents. That's not a that's not an unimportant thing. Like I know when my parents die, I'm gonna be at their funeral. I don't know about y'all, but I'm gonna be there, right? I know I gotta go to work because I got bills to pay. There's things I gotta do, and so we can relate to that. But the truth is that spending time with God is the top priority. It is the top priority. I want to look at uh, at Jesus's uh, to do list uh, versus his priority. How many of you um, are in senior high, college? I mean, senior high school, not college. Yeah, or high school. What about junior high? I guess we can lump it all in. Yeah, homeschool. Okay, do y'all have homework every night? Yeah, every night, I know. Boo. Um, how about extracurricular activities? Let me see your hand. Yeah, so you do You do a lot of extra stuff. A lot of you have extra stuff to do. Um, how about trying to maintain a social life, friends and family and stuff like I mean that take that takes some time right all right so just from that we've already got a to-do list how many of you like to watch Netflix or whatever else you watch <laughs> how many of you spend time on Facebook and Instagram right all right none of those things are are bad and and it, it's a to-do list that's things we want to get done it's things that we think are important and that they are important right so we've got to prioritize that list. Now, I want to think about uh, Jesus's to-do list, right? Now, when we look at our to-do list, 
That can be stressful. And the older you get, the more stressful it can get. When you go to college, you're going to have more piled on you than you thought you'd ever have in your life. I'm not trying to scare you, but that's the truth. You'll have more piled on you than you ever thought you would. And you're going to be like, man, my professor is crazy. You're going to say those things. And they are probably kind of crazy, actually. They, college professors are kind of crazy. But anyway, man, you're going to be so stressed. Then when you graduate and you get a job and you start paying bills, you're like, wait, a house costs how much? Like, how am I going to make the bills? It keeps growing. So a to-do list, busyness of life, can definitely keep us away from being still in the presence of God. But let's look at Jesus' to-do list. How many people on the, on the earth right now? Does anybody know? Yeah, like over, over 7 billion people. So let's say 7. Here's the deal. Whenever Jesus was walking the earth, different scholars say different things, but it was anywhere from 1 billion to 4 billion. The truth is they don't really know. They're guessing. But anyway, we'll go with that. One to four billion people. If you think about it, Jesus came to the earth with one sole purpose, and that's to die and save the world. And as he walked around the world, he had healings. He had so many things, raising people from the dead, preached the gospel. I mean, he had so many things he wanted to do. Can you imagine Jesus's to-do list? Now, I want you to imagine what kind of a to-do list Jesus would have and them running up to him like, you don't just have a list now. Now you're like the list is in your face. Like they need stuff. I want to read this verse to you. That's something we can't even relate to. Luke 5:15. Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus never let his to-do list or the busyness of life get in the way of pursuing a relationship with his father. Ever, because Jesus knew that was the source of what he would he would need. That was that was his that was his source. That was where he'd get the water from, if if you will. So I want you to think about this for a second. What would be some things that are playing keep away uh, in your life? What would be those things that are throwing that gift of a relationship with God back and forth? What would be that thing? Maybe the busyness of life looks like certain worries or concerns that you might have, and you allow them to take over your mind. And so the second you go to press into God, you got a lot on your mind. And so you're like, oh, I just can't focus now. I'll do it later. Or uh, maybe it looks like notifications on your phone. Like maybe like alerts and notifications are the thing that, that plays keep away. Maybe that's a distraction. Maybe there aren't even bad things. Maybe these things are good things. Like maybe it's important things like schoolwork or work or a relationship with your parents, or all that type of stuff. But because of unhealthy boundaries and a lack of discipline in other areas, we get bogged down with no time for God. I know that I can tell you this. As a pastor, I've lacked discipline and still lack discipline in certain areas that if I just would be a little bit more disciplined, I'd be able to spend more time with God. I know if I can say that, you guys can say the same thing. Um, slight change, and I know this is going to catch everybody off, but raise your hand if you want to be married. One day, one day married, not right now married. Raise your hand if you one day want to be married. Raise your hand. Hi, hi, hi. Let me see it. There's nothing embarrassing about that. Okay. Everybody's like, oh, I don't know if I want to raise my hand. All right. 
Now, raise your hand if you want to have a really good, healthy marriage. Raise it really high. You never know. The Lord might reward you. Raise your hand really high. All right. Now, raise your hand if you want to have a terrible marriage. I was wait. I know someone's going to. Re- yeah, I was waiting on someone to raise a hand. Okay, if you want to have a terrible marriage, I want you to take note of what I'm fixing to read to you and do exactly this, right? Or relationship, for that matter. It doesn't have to be marriage, but imagine this, okay? I want you to put. I want you to put yourself in these spouses' shoes, okay? Imagine this scenario. Imagine a husband going home and telling his wife, I'd love to spend time with you. I know I haven't really seen you in a month, but I'm, I'm just, I'm too busy. And then imagine a second month coming. Hey, I'd love to spend time with you, but I'm too busy. And a third month, and a fourth month, and a fifth month, and a sixth month. Imagine that compounding. And then imagine like a scenario of, um, of a wife who her husband's talking to her and she's like not looking at him, scrolling through like Facebook, Instagram, text messages. And he's like, hey, I asked you a question right there. And she's like, oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. Keep scrolling. Imagine that compounding and compounding and compounding. And then imagine this, a husband saying, I'm listening. I'm paying attention to you. And as the wife's talking, he is just zoned out, flipping TV channels. Like, imagine that compounding and compounding and compounding. And then imagine best case scenario, this couple is is, is doing their best to stay together and they see each other one hour a week. One hour a week. Now, putting yourself in those shoes, would you feel, would you feel, if you were the husband in that situation or if you were the wife in that situation, would you feel a little neglected? Would you feel? I think anybody would. I think anybody would. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that that relationship would be how we described earlier? Exciting, fun, healthy, full of trust, love, and encouragement, full of exciting stories from the past, present, and going into the future. Nope. Nope. So whenever we put things in the that spectrum, we can understand what that's like. But the truth is, a relationship with God, it still takes the same thing. But our approach to God is, is not the same. If, if our approach to God is that, then there's a reason we don't feel an, an expectant, healthy, vibrant, exciting relationship. And so I know this is kind of a downer part of the message, but it does get better, I promise. Um, now that we know the keep away problem, this particular one, um, what's the solution? Well, we read it earlier, and let's read it again. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It's simple. It's so simple. Like, imagine, imagine if I walked up to you and I was like, hey, I want you to just take this $100 bill and go bring it to the bank. And I just stared at, sat there and stared at you. You'd be waiting on me to finish my statement. Like, And then what? What's the catch? There's no catch. You, wouldn't you be con- aren't you confused what I'm telling you right now? But it's, what if I just was saying, like, no, no, it's that simple. You just take, take the $100. Sometimes when it's like spend time with God, we're like, and what? Just spend time with, just, just spend time with God. But how, but how? But how? What do I do? Just, just be still. Be still. I'm telling you this. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching at you. 
I'm talking to me. I do the same thing. So how do we get alone with God? It sounds simple. It is simple, but sometimes it helps to repeat this. How do we get alone with God? We know that Jesus went into the wilderness, and today that might look a little different. Maybe maybe you could get into the wilderness, and that, that wouldn't be a bad thing. But the truth is everybody's relationship, God invites us into an, an individual personal relationship. How you get alone with God might look different. It might be your backyard. It might be your room. It might be the shower. It might be the horse farms. It could be a number of things for you. But the key word there is isolation. Isolation means out of touch, out of contact. That means turning off your phone. Raise your hand if you have turned off your phone for 30 minutes in the last week. 30 minutes straight. It's way more people than I thought. I haven't done that in the last week. I did 15 though. So anyway, like turn off your phone. Why? Well, one of the reasons is texts, notifications, all that stuff is coming. And even if it doesn't come while you're trying to spend time with the Lord, the temptation to scroll through Facebook, scroll through Instagram, check out Snapchat is still there. So turn it off. Another thing is turn off other distractions, TV, your laptop, anything that would cause you to snap out of it, so to speak. Get that stuff out of the way. Get that stuff out of the way. Do you know on average it takes people 10 minutes with no stimulation, visual or audible, 10 minutes for their mind to actually come to a halt. And, that, and that's like a, a, a conservative thing. Sometimes it's 20 to 30 minutes for their mind to actually come to a halt. And it's not until your mind is slowed down and your thoughts are quiet that you can actually sense the presence of God. That's when you start to spend time with the Lord. That's when you start to bring your biggest fears and worries to God. That's when you start to dream big and say, hey, God, these are the things that I'm worried about. These are the things that I want to see happen. God, I want you to do this in my life. That's how you be still in the presence of God. Now, there's a whole lot um, to that. Sometimes people like worship music. Sometimes people read their Bible. Don't get hemmed in. Don't be religious. Just pursue a relationship with God like you pursue a relationship with a person. Um, and as we close, I want to read you guys two scriptures, and I want to tell you a story or two. I think I'll have time uh, for both stories. But like I said at the beginning, um, there's always there, there's a reason, and I'm, I'm I'm preaching this to you guys because I'm telling you, if you do this, you'll have stories like I'm fixing to share, and I want you to because it's not, nothing special about me. And and, and so anyway, I'll, I'll get into that, but. There's a lie that we that we believe before I tell this story, that a relationship with God is boring and it's a task and it's a chore. Guys, it's the funnest thing you'll ever do in your entire life. It is. It's you, You'll never have a relationship or experience like this. And I'm about to tell you about it. Two verses. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 and 13. Check this out. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. This is God talking. Never read the Bible and get used to what it's saying. It's new every time. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's talking about hearing God. 
So let me tell you two examples. And man, I could, I could be here all night with this. I, I like talking about this. All right, I was in college and uh, it was my last year. It was my senior year in college. It was my last semester in college and it was finals week. I was studying for finals. I was going through a breakup like that I, with a girl. I had a girlfriend and all through college. I was going through a breakup with that. And man, if all that didn't sum it up enough, hey, tackle him, James. <laughs> so I was going through a breakup in college. Um, oh, that's my train of thought. Oh, yeah, finals. Um, I, was, I was taking my finals, and I was trying to do some research for my dad to open up a business. So I had a lot going on in life. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord say, or I had the thought. Let me, let me put it that way. All of a sudden, I had this thought. Man, it'd be a, I should probably go like, spend some time with God. But I had way too much to study for. I had my phone going off with that situation. And then I was like, man, I'm, I'm kind of behind on my deadlines when it comes to my dad's business. And my mind was so cluttered. And the thought kept hitting. I just kept thinking, man, maybe I should go spend some time with God. And that thought just kept coming up. That's the Lord. When I say, man, I felt the Lord, I felt like the Lord wanted me to. That's what I'm talking about. I just kept thinking about it. So people are like, man, I've never heard the Lord. If you ever think to go and spend time with him, you heard the Lord. That's his way of of prompting you. That's his way of drawing you. So check this out. I go and I spend time with God. And, And the way that I did it was I turned everything off. I turned some worship music on and I just started worshiping. Craziest thing happened. I felt like the Lord told me we were looking at some pieces of property for my dad's shop. And there was like five pieces of property. And one of them was like way too expensive. and But it was prime location, right on Youngsville Highway. And I'm praying and I'm spending time with the Lord. I'm worshiping and my mind's on that property. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Why do I keep thinking about this property? And I felt like the thought hit my mind. So that's what I mean when I say, I felt like the Lord told me the thought hit my mind, go drive to it. So I'm just still praying and I still feel like the Lord's telling me, go drive to it. Now, it was the most expensive piece. The second to most expensive piece was way out of the ballpark financially. Now, the third, that wasn't even a good piece of property. I mean, it was just cheap. That was the only good thing about it. So I get my in my truck and I drive to the property. I'm listening to what I feel like the Lord. Now, some people would be like, man, that's crazy. So I get in my truck, I drive to the piece of property, and I park. As soon as I parked, the thought hit my mind, go stand on it. Now, I was trespassing, so. But the thought hit my mind, go stand on it. I went and stand on it. And while I'm standing on it, I'm thinking, man, I was in my pajamas, in my room, like, praying, and now I'm here, like, in this property. If I ever tell anybody about this, they're going to think I'm crazy. So I'm standing in this property. And I feel like the Lord say, take your shoes off. And the scripture came to my mind where you're standing is holy ground. In Exodus or Deuteronomy, um, the Lord tells Moses to take his shoes off because where he's standing is holy ground. So I took my shoes off and I said, Lord, if this is the property you want us to have, then I just I claim this property in Jesus name. I got in my truck and I went home. Oh, wait, I pulled some grass out of the property. I bookmarked that verse in my Bible, took a picture of it, and then I went home. Because I wanted to be able to say, oh, this happened in case something happened, okay? So remember where this started. When you seek me with all your heart, you will find me, right? 
I set aside all the busyness of life. I got alone with the Lord in my room. And I just started following what I was thinking of the Lord. The Lord was speaking to me. Check this out. I get home. My dad calls me. He's like, man, you know what? I was just praying. God is my witness. He tells me, you know, I was just praying. Man, I feel like we need to pray for favor. And my dad was not a Christian at this time. I feel like I need to pray for favor on that on the property situation. I said, man, you'll never guess what I just did. So I told him. Now, if that's not cool enough, God is my witness. The next day I wake up, the owner of that property's name was Craig Turner. All right. Anybody knows him asking, he'll tell you I'm not lying. He lives in Youngsville. We didn't even meet this guy. We never told him his price was too high. We didn't say anything about it. We just talked to him over the phone. He's the one of the five men that own properties. He's the one that we didn't meet up with. He calls me the next morning, not a Christian. He calls me the next morning and says, hey, Brady, um, my wife and I are having coffee, and we'd really like to meet with your dad and you. He said um, they were asking like two hundred and eighty-five dollars or $300,000 for this piece of property. And my dad's budget was like one eighty-five. dollars Now, that ain't happening with this piece of property. He says, man, you know, my wife and I are thinking we really want y'all to have it. And I don't know what the ballpark is for you guys, but we want to come down to 185. I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, we want to come down to 185, but we'd like to meet with you guys. We met with that. We bought that piece of property. And that started with me making time. That's why I'm so passionate about this message. I don't want y'all to be robbed of these experiences with the busyness of life. I could tell y'all so many stories about stuff like this. But these powerful stories of God, man, they're real. And they, they listen, nothing special about me. You know how many people have a story like exactly like that? One. Because I'm the only one that has the relationship I have with God. Because I'm, I'm a different person than you. But guess how many stories you can have with the Lord just like your own? One. Because God created each person to give you your own unique experience with him. Can I tell you one more story? Yeah? Okay. I'm excited. I love this stuff. Okay. One one night I was having just bad dreams, man, and um, that, that's one way you can hear from the Lord and God comes through with you. But one night I'm just having these, I was having terrible dreams, man. I'd wake up and, whoo, man, I'm telling you, I'd get the fleas on. So it was like weird, you know, and so, man, I take authority over whatever was going on in my room and, man, I I had this most vivid dream, the most vivid dream. And there are people that can verify all this too. They can't verify the dream because they weren't in my head. But I had the most vivid dream. And it's going to sound crazy, but just, just bear with me. And I pray before I go to sleep. I want to challenge you to do this. Pray before you go to sleep. Lord, give me peace while as I sleep and speak to me in my sleep. Because we can't get in the way when we're sleeping. Like We can't overthink things. We're sleeping, right? So, Lord. Protect me as I sleep. Give me peace while I sleep and speak to me while I sleep. So I prayed that and prayed that. Nah, you know, I always slept good, you know, but I didn't really have anything crazy. Well, okay, boom. Fast forward. I'm sleeping. And as real as, I'm, I mean, I felt like I was walking in this dream, you know, as real as I can be. I'm laying on some couch and like I'm laying on my right side and my arm is propped up on the arm of the sofa, but I'm laying. And, man, it's, it's, it's in a field. It's a sofa in a field. And nobody's in this field. It's just me. 
And I feel this a breeze, man, just blowing. And I felt like, y'all, I swear, God is my witness. It's like I was there. It was so real, so vivid. Man, and there's a breeze just blowing. And I felt the peace of God in my dream, y'all, so strong that I felt like I, I felt it in my room in real life. Like even once I woke up, it was so real. And man, there's a breeze blowing. There's the peace of God in, in my room, or in my dream. And I'm just looking around the field. Oh man, I look to the right, and there's like, and I don't know why. Everything's important, by the way. If you start, if you ever start having like dreams, write them down and write every detail down. The Lord wants to speak to you. So, man, I look and there's eight snakes, and I hate snakes. And there's eight snakes coming from one end of the field, combing the field, and they're coming in my direction, which ain't good. All right, so I'm I'm propped up. When I saw that those snakes, man, I I jumped up on my hand. And I remember thinking, man, I, there's one lined up with the couch that I was on. Man, I hope that snake doesn't, what, what's he going to do when he gets to the couch? Is he going to climb the couch? Where am I going to go? If I run this way, they got snakes combing the field. I can't like jump over them like a video game. Like what am I going to do? So I'm just sitting there freaking out. And man, all the snakes pass me up. I, I'm telling you, it was like the most real thing in the world. All the snakes pass me up. And the snake that was even with my couch goes under the couch. I'm like, oh, thank God. That was freaky. So I'm, I, I, I lean back down, and man, I just peace again. And I look to the side, and that snake came up on the other end of the couch and was facing me. Now, in real, like in this dream, it felt super real. I was like, oh, man, I can't get away from this thing. So I went to pull my foot back, and it struck at my foot. And it got about this far and it was going to get me. I'm serious. Like in this dream, it was fixing to bite me. I, I saw the fangs, everything. And the craziest thing happened. Craziest thing. And it, it was, before I even tell you, it was so loud that in real life when I woke up, I thought somebody kicked my door in. Or I have a big wooden cross on a, a bookshelf. I thought that fell on my floor. It was so loud. All right. That's how real this dream was. As soon as that snake struck at my foot and I yanked my foot back, I knew I'm not, I'm not going to be out of the way of this thing. He got me. I knew it. This far away, all of a sudden, from this angle, I couldn't make out what it was. It was so fast, it was a blur. But it, it came in almost like a meteor. It wasn't a meteor, but it came in and just boom, super loud, like Super loud. I, th I thought in real life somebody kicked my door down. I, swear, I promise you. So, pow! And it was a cloud. It was just a cloud of stuff. And like, I saw it was so powerful. I saw the grass in the field flatten. Unbelievable. And I don't know if any, well, that's not going to be a good, if anybody ever sparred or anything, or if you ever get hit in the head on accident, you kind of like dazed the first time. I felt dazed. And when I finally could focus, I noticed there were rocks everywhere. Whatever it was that hit the ground was so powerful that rocks from underneath the soil busted up. And that snake was destroyed. Like there was a little, little bit of that tail, but like it was, it was gone and it didn't bite me. True, man. Like I'm telling you, it was super real. And when I finally realized what it was, it was, I saw a first thing I saw was a paw. It was as bigger, it was as big as this, this folder. Huge. And man, it was a lion. As I noticed, it was a huge lion. And that lion was looking around the field 
like looking for other snakes. And the, at first I was like, oh, man, am I okay? That's a big lion. And like them things eat people. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And as soon as he noticed that there were no snakes in that field anymore, he sat down and he looked back at me. And I'm telling you, the peace of God, that return, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I woke up and um, I woke up in my room. As soon as he made eye contact with me, I woke up in real life. And the first verse that came to my mind was Exodus 14, 14. And that's the one I read to you guys earlier. I'll read it to you again. Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. The Lord was telling me, hey, when you're on that couch, when you just laid out on that couch, you felt my peace. You had nothing to worry about. And when you saw things coming, you saw trouble coming, you panicked. But I'm right there. I will fight for you. You just hold your peace. Another version says, you just hold your peace. So that was about a month and a half ago I had that dream. And I'm telling you, I had so much confidence in the Lord in the last month and a half. It's unbelievable. Like, there's nothing that, that's been happening that I'm like, man, I ain't worried about nothing. I just know. It's like the Lord spoke to me in that dream Friday, this past Friday. I journaled all that. Remember, I told you, if you ever journal that stuff, don't leave a detail out. I left a detail out with you guys already. It was about 1 o'clock. I wrote down in my journal. It was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, 2 o'clock, something like that. But um, everything else I included. Well, I, I, when I go to the gym, I go to Reds, and I always park um, kind of to the back. I don't know if y'all ever been to like the farmer's market or anything like that, but the horse farm area, I kind of park there. Um, so I went work out on, on last Friday. I get to um, to my truck, and I have my Bible and my journal in, a, in, my, in my little school bag. And I thought, you know what? I got some time. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to make some time. And I'm going to go and just kind of like journal and just read, you know, and so... There's a little spot under the trees that I usually go to, if you guys ever been there. Um, but there was a bunch of kids playing. It must have been like a field trip or something. So, man, my spot was taken. Well, I have a number two spot. So I started going to the number two spot, and them dang kids were there too. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I went back uh, towards my truck, and I just turned off to the side and um, just kind of opened my Bible. And, like, whatever day it is in Proverbs, I read that chapter. Well, um, so I just decided to open up my Bible, and I'm reading my Bible, and um, sometimes to focus, I'll close my eyes. And so I close my eyes, and I thought, like, man, the peace of God is here, man. And, and I just felt the, the peace of God. I felt the presence of God. And all of a sudden, I started feeling like just a breeze, you know, and I'm like, man, this is so good. Thank you, Lord. And I just start to, if you ever just feel the peace of God and the presence of God and you hadn't felt it in a while, it's so good when it comes, when you feel it again. So I'm just worshiping. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I open my eyes. and I'm like, oh, man, the peace of God is so nice. And so I, I'm looking at my Bible. I look up. And as vivid as the, the day I had that dream, I realized this is the exact spot I was at in my dream. They had a telephone pole. They had a patch of trees. It was the exact spot I dreamed about a month before. Then I realized Man, I'm laying on my right arm in the exact same position, number two. Number three, I realized, man, I just felt the breeze and the peace of God in here. Number four, I looked at my watch. It was 
And the, the craziest thing was, I looked at the YouVersion Bible app of the day. Go look at Friday, Exodus 14, 14. All of that. And it happened a month before. And all that stuff happened. I got screenshots. If, if, if you want to see, come see after service. I'll show you. I got screenshots. I texted I texted Tree's mom, Mama Tina, that day that happened because she knew about the dream. She knew all the details a month before all this happened. I said, you're not going to believe this. Guess what? Ha- guess where that came from? Making time to spend with the Lord. That's why I said the most exciting relationship you're going to find is a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't get more exciting than that. It doesn't get more exciting than that. I want you to imagine like the most, if you're a girl, girls are romantic. And some, some guys are romantic too. It's okay. But I want you to imagine if a guy planned out this elaborate date and he just, man, he surprised you at every turn. Man, he gets to your house. He's got flowers. Whoa, how'd you know what flowers I like? And then, I mean, man, brings you to your favorite restaurant. How'd you know that's my favorite restaurant? And he's got surprises around every single corner, right? Man, God outdoes that guy every single time. He, he's the coolest, he's the coolest relationship you'll ever have in your life. Why don't y'all stand up? I can keep going. I don't want to tell y'all another story and keep y'all after eight. Guys, it's my, it's my prayer. And it's, it's really my hope that every one of you will have stories like that. And the truth is, it's not crazy because it's my prayer and it's my hope. That's the Lord. Well, that's the Lord's prayer and that's the Lord's hope. I hope that you leave here tonight and you're encouraged to go and set aside time to be with the Lord. I hope you know that the busyness of life, if you allow, if you, if, if you allow it to, the busyness of life will keep you from having that relationship. Why don't you do me a favor? Go ahead and close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes. Right now, there may be things trying to play keep away with you. Right in this room. Maybe you can't even think on God right now because you're distracted. Maybe there's something in your life that's taken the place of God. Maybe it's the busyness of life. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's something you feel ashamed of. Maybe it's unforgiveness. I mentioned that. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a person who's getting in the way. The enemy will play keep away with your relationship with God. But the good news is you don't have to let him. You got a big brother who show up and yank that present right out of his hand. And his name is Jesus. And tonight, if you don't know Jesus, if you would say, I I hear all this stuff. I've heard this a lot. But I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know that I have a relationship with God. You can tonight. If that's you, I don't want you to think twice. I just want you to slip your hand up. Everybody's eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. Slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you walk up. See your hand. And now, as you're hearing this, everybody's eyes still closed. You might say, hey, I I got some things that have been playing keep away in my relationship with God. I'm saved. I love God. But there are some things that I've noticed I'm playing keep away and I, and I want to leave here tonight and I don't want that to be the issue anymore. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hands. I just want to pray for you. Hands going up everywhere. Amen. Amen. One more question. Maybe there's something that you need to release. And I just, I don't have this in my notes. I just feel this. I, 
maybe there's something you're saying, look, I know something that's getting in the way of me having a good relationship with God, a thriving relationship with God. I know what it is. And right now, I want to let that go. I want to release that. God gives you free will, and he will never, ever force you to do anything. But he'll always invite you to do the right thing. If there's something that you know I need to let go of right now, I need to trust God, and I need to let go because I want that vibrant relationship with him. I want it to another level. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up right now. Just go ahead and slip your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Right now, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, you see the heart and the mind of every person in this room, the heart and the mind of every person, and you know what it is that they need to trust you with, that we need to trust you with. Lord, we release that right now. I want you to just tell them in your own words, Jesus, I give it to you. Lord, I release that. We release whatever's holding us back, every hindrance, everything that's playing keep away. We give it to you. Come and take it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray over every student in here. God, I know that it's your will and that when we pray your will, nothing can get in the way but our own will. And so, God, if they will join their faith with mine, if they will will with me, I pray that they would have an experience with you, ongoing experiences. I pray they would describe their relationship as as intimate, knowing, fun, exciting. God, give them exciting stories to talk about, Lord. God, I pray that they would have a powerful relationship with you. And, Lord, I break every hindrance off of their life right now in Jesus name now God I pray you keep them safe as they go God I pray that you keep them safe in their friendships their relationships their influences and Lord I just pray that you would bless them I bless them in Jesus name Amen again thanks for joining us for more info on Fusion you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram